wouldn't it be nice if Adam Sandler didn't count the dates up all so wrong? And wouldn't it be nice to talk together in a format that goes way too long? You know it's time to rewind, baby, for 19 dates of this movie. Drew Berry Yeah, wouldn't it be nice? Good morning, listeners. It's another beautiful day here on It's Time to Rewind. I'm your host, Bubba Wheat, and joining me today is my guest, Condra Boudreaux. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. It's uh, nice to have you on the show. Thank you so much. And this season we're discussing, um, uh, what was the movie again? Uh, 50 first dates. Ah, well, actually, it's 19 first dates, and we are going through them one date at a time. And this date is what I'm calling their sixth date, because it's their sixth interaction, and it could be considered the start of their third actual date. But it starts at 41 minutes and 56 seconds, with Lucy driving down the highway in a gorgeous establishing shot of Hawaii, and it ends at 43 minutes and 9 seconds, with Henry introducing himself to Lucy again. Uh, so before we jump into today's scene, I I am curious, what's what's your background with this movie? Like, do you remember whenever you first saw it? Yeah, so I am from New Hampshire, so I am legally required to have seen every Adam Sandler movie at least <laughs> once. Uh, and... Um, my mom's actually a huge Adam Sandler fan and my dad somehow knows him through a grapevine of people. So it's like one of those things that I've grown up with Adam Sandler in my household. Uh, Wedding Singer, I swear, was always on when I was a kid. And then when this one came out, it was like another Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. Let's go. And um, yeah, so I did not watch this one as much as we watched Wedding Singer, but we still watch this one quite often. And I mean, I, I, for all that Adam Sandler was on SNL and then all of his 90s movies, it was kind of a constant presence. I don't, I would not have been old enough to see this movie in the theaters or anything, but its presence in my life has always been there. And I just really enjoy even like blended just because I like Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore's interactions with each other. I get such a kick out of the two of them together. I think they bounce off each other really well. Um, and I think this is a an interesting follow-up for them to Wedding Singer. Yeah, I, I do think that it's uh, it's interesting. And, and I think that they have a good chemistry. I think Drew, Mary, Drew Barrymore really is able to keep up with Adam Sandler's energy that's not all of his uh, leading women are able to do as much. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I, I like this one a lot. It, there are definitely moments of it that stand out in my head better than other moments where like Wedding Singer feels like a more like I could quote a lot of that movie, no problem, where this one maybe not as much, but I definitely had a phase as a kid where I was listening to the soundtrack a lot and like I would get his song Forgetful Lucy in my head a lot. <laughs> so like I definitely like it was something of my childhood. Yeah, one thing that I was a bit, a little bit surprised, especially in, uh, you know, doing the little bit of research for today's date and uh, tomorrow's date or, or next week's date, 
is that uh, there's a lot of cover songs on this soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. It's like this this here scene doing Lips Like Sugar, and it almost sounds like the original, but it's like just enough that you're like, oh, no, no, this is a cover. Yeah, the, the original was Echoing the Bunny Man, I believe. At least that's mm-hmm. that, that was the artist that came up first, just uh, Googling mm-hmm. the lyrics. And uh, the, the version in this movie is a cover by Seal, which I, I think, I feel like which that's an wild. interesting choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he was hot at the time, like that, that tracks. Yeah, I mean, this, this was, what, about uh, six or seven years after uh, Batman Forever, <laughs> whenever he hit big with uh, Kiss from a Rose. Yeah. And I, I do think that it's interesting, like the, the lyrics uh, of the song, uh, at least the, the part, especially the part that we kind of hear that, that's playing in, in the background during this scene is she floats like a swan, grace on the water, lips like sugar. Just when you think you've caught her, she glides across the water. And uh, just uh, in the next stanza, which I, I don't think it plays during this scene, uh, but I... I uh, don't remember uh, if if it does or not, but she knows what she knows. I know what she's thinking. And I mm. think that both of those are, I, I think they fit really well with this part of the movie, especially like the, she floats on like a swan grace on the water. And it's, it plays over this establishing shot where she is driving on this, you know, this gorgeous Hawaiian highway just Mm -hmm. right and you get the shot the reverse shot that shows the the ocean in the background yeah the the peacefulness of both the song and its messaging of like it is beautiful it is a moment and then we're living in that moment as well on screen yeah and and also like the just when you think you've caught her she glides across the water it's like at this point in the movie in in the previous episode we talked about, that's when uh, Marlon and Doug kind of put the kibosh on Henry and said, you know, forbid him from seeing her at the Hukilau Cafe. And so that's why he's come up with this scheme to mm-hmm. meet her on the side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. The determination that Henry has in this whole movie, I haven't visited this movie in a, in a while, but it was striking to watch like this scene and then kind of the next scene and just the kindness that's conveyed in like compassion that the, the determination to, to just, if nothing else, be a friend and be a presence in her life. And that's, and doing it despite verbatims from a father, like it is a nice sentiment. Mm-hmm. And I have one little thing that I wanted to, that I noticed while watching this is Adam Sandler is wearing a t-shirt that's from a DC Shoe Co. USA. And I, f- I feel like that this is one of the few, at least at this point in the movie, non-Hawaii related brands that he wears because DC Shoe, uh, DC Shoes is based in California and it's known for like skater and snowboarder gear. Which mm-hmm. I don't know that that doesn't that doesn't scream Adam Sandler or even Henry Roth to me. No, probably not. But it does. It seems adjacent to white culture in Hawaii. 
So it it, yeah. it like is link the, like the there's a logical connection in my brain, but like <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't suit Adam Sandler other than he commonly dresses in skater clothes just because he likes wearing baggy things. <laughs> yeah, I can see that, and. Of course, this this gag that that he uses to to hook Lucy, you know, the the fake out of getting shocked by whenever he's trying to jumper the the car, which he does jumper incorrectly because you're supposed yeah. to on the uh, on the live car. It's supposed to. Oh, I I can't remember which one is supposed to have the the ground on the frame i i know one of them it's supposed to be you know positive to positive negative to negative and i think on the the dead car it's supposed to be positive to positive and then negative to a metal piece of the frame to ground it also i just i more was trying to wrap my head around the fact he's in the middle of a road his like batteries yeah they can just die but like also not some like just yeah typically whenever you're yeah whenever you're driving the alternator chart <laughs> yeah because the the the, um, the alternator kind of charges your battery to keep it from dying yeah it may be less efficient but it's still not gonna just like plot out on you and so that was just like the one thing i'm like this is a very weak excuse <laughs> and he's also like betting on the fact that she is gonna pull over and she's not like jamming out to a song no no care in the world kind of thing there's a lot riding on her actually pulling over here although that comes into play in the um in the day you know after your Mm -hmm. uh, after your your day your next day yeah with the penguin uh, oh, yeah. But but I do love this double fake out gag. You know, he he pretends oh, like he's getting shocked. And then Lucy freaks out because she says that her grandfather died while trying to jumpstart a car. And then she fakes him out. And, and it's that... just it's so classic, the two of them working together. Mm-hmm. And it's it's mm-hmm. really just another moment that like it it's the movie really showing you how compatible these two characters are that they share the same sense of humor that they mm-hmm. really get each other yeah even like there's a little bit of teasing on both ends without it being malicious her mm. little tongue stick out gets me every time <laughs> uh yeah it it is really a great moment of them seemingly being comfortable with each other despite this being a first interaction yeah. On side of things. Yeah, and, and I think it again. I've, I've talked about this in earlier episodes, but it it's a part of the movie where it goes out of its way to make this this romance feel realistic and believable and not creepy because this mm-hmm. this whole situation could go creepy real quickly, real easily. And this, oh, I think, yeah. that for the most part, this movie does not fall into that trap. That the, this movie feels very wholesome and, and romantic and you know fun yeah yeah henry is never the 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 mean party in this mm. re- like other people question his motivations but he is genuine the entire time yeah and i've you know i, I wrote this before taking my notes for the the next date that we're going to talk about where that 
where it's very explicit in, uh, or it's, it's very clear, uh, in the next date. But do you think that he's catching her today on the way to the Hukilao Cafe or on the way home from the Hukilao? I think it's on the way home based on the next scene kind of thing. Like taking what I know of the next date in mind Mm -hmm. and direction, I do believe she's back on her way home. Yeah, and and I just thought of something like just based on like it how bright it is. This mm-hmm. feels like midday or, or yeah, this feels like late morning rather yeah. than early morning where she would be going to breakfast. And I think it's also easier for him to stake out knowing okay, she's usually here around that time. He may not know exactly like what time she leaves her house in the morning, so it'd be harder to catch her on her way to breakfast than her leisurely return from breakfast. Yeah, because I, I believe most of the times before this, he shows up at the Hukilau after her. Yeah. And then oh, one last question I have about about today's date. Do you think that this this interaction leads to what you would consider an actual date between them after this? Like, do you think that this continues after this into something a little bit more than just this brief interaction? I don't think so. I think it would be very odd if it did, unless he followed up with like, oh, for your kindness, can I take you out for like a cup of coffee or something like that? Like, but it doesn't seem in his nature to do something like that to break her routine knowing that she relies on she's gonna say no because of xyz kind of thing like for him it's just having that moment of oh i get to give her a smile in her day and like i still had a good interaction with her even if it didn't provide any depth or any real substance it was still i i got to see her today yeah i i I think I would go the other way. I think that this does lead to at least a longer interaction. I I think that this leads to like a, uh, an in-depth conversation that they at least, you know, they might not go somewhere else. They might just hang out and talk here. But I do think that this leads to at least like a half an hour to an hour conversation, that which would be something that I would count as an actual date for the the numbering purposes that I'm <laughs> counting as I'm going through this movie. That's fair. Uh, and then that's that's really all I have. You know, this this is only just yeah. uh, just about just over a minute long scene, so not a, a whole lot. But uh, did you have anything else for uh, this date? I do not. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me uh, today, the, this week, and uh, a couple you. more times. And you know, for anybody else who hasn't heard you before, why don't you take a moment and let them know where else you can be found online? Sure. So I co-host a podcast called Wildcat Minute, where we break down the High School Musical movies one minute at a time. Uh, you can find my podcast by searching amateur nerds or wildcat minute on whatever podcatcher you listen to or amateur nerds.podbean.com for the URL directly, but we're on Instagram and Tumblr and just look for amateur nerds. 
All right, and as always, I am Bubba Wheat, and you can find me on pretty much all social media where I'm at Bubba Wheat. And you can find this show, It's Time to Rewind, on uh, Spotify for Podcasters, as well as any other podcatcher out there. I also have a Facebook group, It's Time to Rewind, a time loop group, and you can join that to discuss the movies that we're talking about and episodes as they come out, as well as any other discussion about time loop movies in general. And uh, until next time, I will uh, see you again for breakfast next week. I can't believe you fell for that! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>